0: Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o co. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode.
1: Lads, we are back. Sports, hockey, mm, food, glorious. Mm. Um, guys, what's <laughs> happened today? Really? Uh, wow. Wednesday is all three of our days off from school, right? So I was sleeping in, enjoying my thing. I've had a really, really bad headache for the last few days too, right? And I blame it, it started when the Montreal Canadiens lost their first game against the Sens this week. I'm not even kidding. Like it still hurts now. Um, but guys, I was woken up to, I missed three calls from my mom and I thought, oh no, something bad's happened. She's seen my brother today at work because they both work within the same company. And I was like, oh no, what's happened? And then she's like, it's happening. What? Muller's gone. I'm like, wait, what? Muller. And I thought she said Luke Richardson too. I'm like, so they just fired the assistants, but no news of the day is the Montreal Canadians have fired head coach, Claude Julian, as well as associate coach, Kirk Muller, the interim tag for the rest of the season, it really sounds like from everyone connected, uh, will be Dominique Ducharme, the current assistant coach for the Canadians. Um, you may know him as he won the Memorial Cup with the Moosehead that had the likes of Mackenzie Wieger, Jonathan and Nathan McKinnon,
2: exactly. as
1: well as the man who coached Canada and the World Juniors to a silver gold medal, the year Shabbat and Julesen were on the team, then a gold medal the year Victor Mete was on the team. And I mean, it was getting bad. Uh, the Canadians are on a very rough stretch right now, uh despite I think I believe they're five and five in their last ten games, so before we go any deeper, your guys' first impressions because I looked at the group chat and I saw Mike and Alex go, "Oh my God, oh my God, Adam and then that's how I woke up this morning, guys so. <laughs> I want to get your guys' first reaction to the news. Claude is gone. In comes Dominique Ducharme-Alex.
0: Um. Well, first off, the fact that Dominique Ducharme has uh, World world Junior experience right there, I think that sets the bar quite high for Daniel. So uh, <laughs> you you're, you approve of him, I assume?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's a good guy. Uh, okay, he knows good. how to coach. Uh, we'll see how it goes.
0: But, but I guess my first reaction this was my first reaction and I I've been, a, I've been a little uh, cynical the last week. I don't know why probably lockdown, but, but I feel like we're missed. There's something missing here that, that, or maybe something I'm missing here because I look at how general managers have handled coaches in the past, not just Mark Bergman. I think when they go through slumps, I, I mean, Montreal last year was the perfect example. Like, They went through two eight-game losing streaks and they didn't fire Claude Julien. And yes, different situation, um, different situation there. But the fact, like, they're still in a playoff position. Yes, they're, they're losing their games in hand, and we know how important each game is. And maybe that's what it is, the fact that this is an extremely important year for Montreal, considering it's Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton and then everyone else and then Ottawa mm-hmm. so I think for them to make the playoffs and even go on a deep run is extremely important so that that could be it but it it's something seems off to me that it's just this slump that got Julian fired
1: Daniel
2: Yeah, I kind of agree with that, that the amount of streaks that they went on last year, I thought that Claude Julien was going to be gone by then. But the fact that they kind of gave him this chance, the way everything kind of began with the Canadians, that hot streak they had, everyone was, you know, rolling, those lines looked amazing. The offseason, you know, we called them the champions of the offseason and the way things have been kind of recently um, I think that's, that's when you knew that it's, it was that it was, it was either they were going to keep going with how they were going to go. But if anything was going to have any sign of slowing down, then you knew that Claude Julien was gone. And there's one thing that really kind of pointed out to me because um, I actually want to know your thoughts too, guys, where Ray Ferraro tweeted right when it happened he said, and this is his tweet, coach change in Montreal felt inevitable. Fast start that dove into alarming past patterns, awful special teams, and Price's poor overall play didn't help. Message energy had to change, evident from Julian's and Weber's comments after Sunday loss. And by the way, goal should have counted last night.
1: Oh, it should, it should have, but okay. But at, at the same time, uh, listen, the score sheet will always say that the Sens won that game. Montreal won it, let's be honest. But at the same time, they shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. It was really good to see Weber leading the charge last night. It had two goals. Those clap-ons every at all. Uh, to me, there is no what we're missing here. I see this very simply, and it's like this. Uh, and I made a video about this, so everyone should go check that out after I've done the podcast. Claude Julian has been a member of this organization since I believe it was 2017. It's very similar to the how Michelle Terran was let go. Uh, when he was, the Canadians were still first in the Atlantic Division at the time, but they had been playing around 500 hockey for like a month. And... We all remember when Carry Price was pulled up against the Sharks, and he stared Terry down, and, and that was the beginning of the end. You don't pull Kerry Price. Um, it doesn't help that they haven't won in San Jose since 1999, but um,
2: wow, well, I didn't know that.
1: Since in Claude Julien's entire tenure, and that means that that's including like the 2017 run when they lost in the first round. They haven't won a playoff round, um, and 2017. Afterwards, test 2018, that season, was when Bergevin really started to put his own stamp on his new style of team. And that's coming from Jeff Molson's mouth as well. He has sort of talked about how that was the start of Bergevin's real blueprint on the squad. Yep. This isn't just a slump when you really look into it. It is, obviously, and honestly, you you could really break it down to this is shooting percentage balancing itself out, but I hate looking at that. I really do. The strategy, you talk about bad habits. These are the bad habits that have been part of this team since seventeen eighteen. 18. Um, you cannot continue to have anemic special teams like the Canadians have had for how many years now? How do you have those weapons? And you remember last, well, no, not last year, the year before when Montreal was its power play was 30th. Nashra was 31st, and both of them have one thing in common: they relied on point shots. You can't do that anymore. There, you can't just pray for ugly goals to be your one source of power. Like you have Tyler Toffoli, who, by the way, is scoring against other teams. He's got 12 goals, guys. I think we got to remember how good he's been, even though Austin Matthews is scoring goal per game. Like, let's just. Like there is so much more talent there, but there seems to be no sort of actual adjustment. And again, the reason you can really attribute Montreal's hot start also, you know, the play of Toffoli and Anderson is you don't really expect what this new look Habs team looked like. And then teams adapted and the Canadians did not. And that's on Claude Julien and Clark Muller, who has been the man on the power play for how long? Now, Dominic Ducharme apparently works on it as well, but he's not in charge of it. And you can tell that because nothing has changed on it. In fact, Weber has been getting like the shot on the second power play instead of loaning up the first, and Romanov got kicked out of it. When at the start of the year, he looked good with cocky on on it. It's, it's, and then you look at other decisions, right? Sherrod and Deneau had double shifts in overtime last night. Yes, very cocky didn't touch the ice. Corey Perry's been getting slots above Atiri Lekeden. I don't care if Atiri Lekeden doesn't get a lot of goals. He's got more than know I'm not skiing, I'm not saying scratch to know, by the way, but he's getting still top six minutes. And you're kidding, you're taking that Lekaden for Perry at this point? No offense, but. And then you go into the shootout, which is a crapshoot. shoot. We all know that. But you have Suzuki and Kaki I think we've all seen what those guys can do one-on-one. Thomas Tatar as well, despite his bad ear. If you watch a lot of his highlights, the guy can do it well against a goalie one-on-one. And you threw out Corey Perry to start. And I mean, if you go back to the Sunday game versus the Sens two in overtime, they got completely humiliated. They didn't get a shot. And I mean, the defensive shot, like breakdowns. I mean, honestly, the amount of on man rushes on Carey Price, I know he's not been great, but he's the reason they got a point last night. It's just, Julian, the time is gone. And Weber's comments, he said there was negative energy in the room. When was the last time Shea Weber actually opened his mouth and said something that isn't a hockey cliche? That means something to him. This team legit, like everything was going wrong. Julian, this is the worst thing you can say about a coach. Claude Julien lost the room. That's what happened. It's as simple as that. But this
0: why? Is... Oh, sorry, go. No, keep going.
1: Like, like, this was the year, and it was made very clear at the start of the season that Montreal had to be competitive. And then you have the little bad stretch, right? Then you have your bye week. All this time off in this compressed schedule, and they had three very intense practices that were meant to iron out all the kinks and the, um, like, everything going wrong, the bad habits in the game. Well, guess what? You came back there and you haven't won a game. And you lost to the Sens. And I go on about like playing at the level of the team. like The Sens can just elevate their game for some reason versus Montreal and Toronto. <clears throat> but at this point, you cannot be giving points up against them.
0: So, then my question is, why now? Because I think everything you just said, we've, I think from episode one of this podcast, we've had this guy, like we've had multiple conversations about right like this is what you just stated isn't really anything new if you go back to listen to how many episodes we've had this discussion so then the question is why why now why not before you think it's because he lost the room like now he's officially lost the room. is that what it is
1: because now you have a montreal Canadiens team that has all first of all the canadians are not this bad I refuse to believe that. And, and a lot of people who I respect think the same thing. Um, at this point, what's different from this and last year, the year before when they missed out with a point, um, the 24th place team, um, the difference is now, Bergevin brought the guys in. He right. brought in Anderson and Toffoli. He gave Julian all the tools he needed. There was no more excuses. Julian wanted goal scorers, Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson to do it for you. Needed more centermen? They got them finally, and you know what? It didn't work. It's not working for Claude. He got all the tools he needed.
0: Yeah.
2: So I have a question, and I know this is a bit off topic. Well, it like our looks at the bigger uh, picture here, but what about Mark Bergevin now with Claude Ooh. Julien gone? Like, Ooh, yeah. what does his hot seat look like? I was going to
0: ask the same thing.
1: How many coaches has has, has Mark had? I wonder. Who was it before Tarion? Because I can't remember. It might. I think this might be his third coach now. Listen, I, I I have a. If the Canadians miss this year, you gotta ask the question. Like there there has to be a serious conversation about what because if you can't make it in this division the way it is now against the Canucks and and the in the um the Canucks in the Sens, I don't know if he should have a job. But then do you wonder, will there be the excuse of, ah, it's a shortened season, all this, and blah, 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 56 oh. games. Is it real? Blah, 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 blah. He might get another year, but I mean, after this, I mean, if they miss this year, I, I-, I really can't see him lasting too much longer. But again, how many times have we said that before? Yeah. But um, I mean, just... this, like... Sorry, go on, Dan.
2: Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, just to confirm the coach before Michelle Terrien was in the 2011 2012 season, and it was Randy Cunnyworth. And I just remember because he could not speak French, and that was the biggest thing
0: in the uh, in the media. I thought you were going to say Randy Carlisle for a second. I'm like, I don't ever remember this. <clears throat>
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure um, <clears throat> when you get to, so it would have been that summer is when Bergevin took over, I think. So it's his third coach now. Um,
0: and also, most, sorry, go. No, I was. I was gonna say say, most GMs get like what two coaches, maybe,
1: around there. Yeah, unless
0: you're like a a hardcore, unless you're like David Poyle. Yeah, then you get unlimited amount of coaches. Like I will
2: (laughs) forever be there. (laughs) But
1: I mean, like also, I I don't remember if I mentioned it. Um, Alex Burrows will join the coaching staff from the AHL. Um, apparently there are a lot of people say good things about him. He's a young coach. We all knew what he was like as a player. Um, and I think expecting from Dominic Ducharme, by the way, probably a new school approach. <laughs> because, I mean, Claude Julien's been around for so long now. Like You got to remember, that cup win was a decade ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'll tell you this. Um, I, I don't know. Are you guys very really familiar with Dominic Ducharme?
0: I guess from like,
2: I know from like the real junior perspective, I know that he is very respective in that, like in that realm of things. And he's a type of guy where he, and this is, you know, again, this is from my, 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 what I've seen in the media, because, you know, we know it's different being there in the room as in the media scrum and just seeing what, you know, TSN gives us. And what I kind of see is that he's a no-nonsense guy. That he tells you what he needs to happen, and then he just gets it done.
1: He, from what I understand about Dominic Ducharme is, and this is going back to his time with the Drummondville-Voldegares, right? Um, I know I didn't pronounce that right, so sorry. Um, he He's not afraid to make adjustments on the fly, right? He seems to be a very much, like, he he line matches like he's very much uh, like 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 okay I'm gonna if I've got this centerman like he's a shutdown guy you you even if he's not like your first line like he he's very much like very detailed I can tell um and a lot of people may think oh God it's when you think just hard line matching nowadays you think of Mike Babcock but apparently it's, he does have a new school approach um and I don't think this team need any more old school point shot crap to be honest with you and apparently alex burrows along with him is apparently very creative when it comes to the power play and that that's another word they've used for douche and his stuff on the is he's not afraid to try stuff which is which can be bad but at the same time um it's worked for him in the past
2: it's a bit of a breath of fresh air there
1: exactly
0: which you is, sorry no, you you bad, you, no. you brought up a good point we you called me after he got after he got fired And I brought up the same concern that I brought up on the show. And you said, you said, this is exactly what happened to Mike Babcock, right? Like stubborn, not going to change his ways. And it eventually screwed him over. And now you're bringing in a a new guy that is willing to, to try different things. And if he actually does it, there's going to, I mean, listen, there's a lot of, I mean, to be fair, it's like this every time. Um every time a coach gets fired they say oh it's it's going to be a new school approach this and that if it actually happens it's the best thing to happen like if you fire Claude Julian and you just bring in another guy who okay plays a different style but still stubborn has anything actually changed
1: mm-hmm. Listen I- I'm looking forward to do Char- I've been a fa- I'm a big fan of him I was really excited when they first hired him and I also think it's, it's a very good thing that Yoel Bouchard is staying in the AHL, by the way, because um, that's a guy people are clamoring to get the job at the same time. They, they really need that type of guy in and we'll to develop the players right now. He's th- very important.
0: Do you think since Bouchard is only interim at the end of the year, they bring, bring up Bouchard?
1: No, he, I don't want Bouchard in the NHL. And that's nothing against him. He's a great coach. He will be an NHL coach right yeah. one day. It's just, um, I want him there for at least another year or two. Uh, I think you know, what, Ducharme can get this job himself. He really can, um, because he's because he's, he's he's here for the rest of the season. We know that. Yeah. Um, we'll see how he goes. Because then immediately people are like, "All right, who's French?" And I saw Patrick Watt trending. I'm like, maybe not um and jargon long you know what who i was looking who on um, there talking about insider hockey and carolina apparently are saying they're going to sign this guy but an ottawa native imagine it like until you know what we tried to steal Aho, oh, that didn't work maybe rod who needs a new contract i'm sure he can bin that's french we can figure it out maybe um he'd be great
2: yeah like, i guess like one last thing before we uh, move on um, mm-hmm. If you guys have any more things to say, it's just what do you think's next for Claude Julian?
1: Well, whew, um, uh, Alex, go ahead. I'm just going to get up his contract really quickly because he is he is set up.
0: Um, I think he's going to get a job. <clears throat> it's probably what's going to happen. Um, I don't. I think he's worthy of a job. I don't think he did anything unless something comes out to a point where he doesn't deserve a job. Um, Just looking at struggling teams here, there's two that come to mind, not in the Canadian division, the Rangers and Buffalo possible who knows, but there's, there's struggling teams out there who maybe not this season, but, next, this coming off season will let go of their coaches. And there's, there's plenty of coaches out there, right? There's already Boudreaux who's still available. There's uh Gerard Gallant who's still available. I mean, unlikely, but who the hell knows at this point, Mike Babscock is still available. Like there's a list of guys <clears throat> who are NHL coach worthy, I think he'll be scooped up. Like I, I don't, I don't know if that's up for debate.
1: Um, by the way, he is. He's making five million dollars to the end of 2022. So, um, it's okay, a, a team will have to pick that up. Uh, at the same time, for a year. Sorry, yeah, five million per yeah. year. Um, so yeah, that's always a factor, and you know, um, it's going to be need to be a team that's. Um, uh, that can take the money because if I'm Montreal, why the hell am I taking all 5 million? They can afford it obviously. Um, but it's just, uh, I don't think they're going to be in a rush to give him, uh, to give him another shot to go somewhere else. So Claude Julien, we will, uh, we'll see what happens with him.
2: We wish um, you the best.
1: Yeah, honestly, he, you know what um, he, he seen, you know, whenever you get fired, very rarely do you actually see some reporters kind of give the guy credit. And John Liu was very complimentary of him um from what you hear from fans he is a nice guy um it's just his coaching style just didn't work out and that's the important thing uh, Same with kirk muller you gotta have respect for the guy who won a cup with your team and at the same time you know it, it ha- was was did a really good job and stepped into a really bad situation in the bubble and the unclosed julian who came back after his you know his heart issues nothing but respect for the guys and you know um, I remember Muller, I personally believe people were like interested in hiring him, so he will get a job soon as well, without without a question. Well, guys, um, uh, some good news. Uh, we need some right now. Henrik Lundqvist is apparently skating and taking shots, which is just fantastic news. I think a lot of us certainly sort of thought maybe it was over for him, uh, but it looks like the king doesn't want his career to end like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's good to see after. <clears throat> Sorry, especially when it comes to do with, with something as important as the heart. I'm not. I'm no science expert. I hear this heart is kind of important, um, but for him to come back and even just skate, whether he whether he actually plays this season or not, I don't think that's happening. But it's good to see him back on the ice. Mm-hmm.
1: Daniel.
2: Yeah, I kind of feel the same way that you know it's all up in the air. What's going to happen with a uh likecus <laughs> uh, I'm sorry um about what he wants to do now you know he's gonna be forty soon um and I'm just like i think just taking the positive vote we see today what we saw yesterday is just that he's back on the ice that he's healthy that he's able to be mobile still that everything's okay that that that's that's really you know the most important thing right now, so whatever mm-hmm. he decides, we wish him the best as well
1: hope and heart surgery a few months ago and he's already on the ice. That's incredible. Oh, that's a great story. Um, another great, think of the great stories, uh, we just had the anniversary of the David Ayer story, right? It's come out, apparently a Disney film based on his story. It's in production. Um, I remember watching the Steve Daniel video and it might've been either his video, a tweet or, um, uh, or a podcast joking about how it's a Disney film. And now it actually is. I am go we're gonna see this movie, right? Like Bizarre adventure. we're gonna do an episode. Opening on. night. Yeah. Yeah. This is um,
0: I'm gonna wear my Leafs jersey and all. I, risky risky move, but I'm doing it.
1: Yeah. I
2: think we've oh. talked about it before, but where were you guys <laughs> when this oh, happened?
0: I can tell you. All right. Um so I remember my parents weren't home. So I was all by myself, which means all hell is breaking loose. I think Reimer went down first, and then Mrazic, and then David Arison. Mm -hmm. They're not getting shots on that. The the language coming out of my mouth was not pretty. I won't repeat it on the podcast. Um, I was furious. I think I sent you guys the clip of... Of the episode we did right after they lost, I was not happy. I was not happy.
1: I remember that well, very well. I also remember how we were supposed to have a guest on after. No, nope. yeah, maybe. They let and yeah. dip
0: on us. They dipped. I Typical know.
1: UFT students. Yeah, I know. Am I, right? Unbelievable. No, Unbelievable. I mean, these UFT students. These are uh, uh, UFT students. <laughs> All right, UFT whoa, sweater right now. Yo, whoa!
2: <laughs> I actually don't have a Ryerson sweater. It's well, funny. go get one. Um <laughs> with me, um, it's pretty funny. This was uh during the before Let's wait before I move on, Adam. What's what's the face?
1: How don't you have a Ryerson sweater?
2: I actually you know why? And I'm gonna tell you why.
1: No, I'm asking that's why.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna tell you guys why. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because we took the bookstore for granted. <laughs> we walked by it me? how many times during you know the uh the before times of coronavirus and I just never bought one. I don't know why. David Ayers. But anyways, yeah, with David Ayers. um, Again, this was during the before times. I always call it like that. Where, um, you know, there were a lot of... You could could be in crowds and you could watch live games. So that was during the uh, playoffs for U Sports. So I was actually covering a women's basketball... Yeah, women's basketball and then the women's hockey game. And then of... The basketball game, I just heard uh, at the end of it when I was taking the pictures and everything and like writing stuff. Um, you you just hear rumblings that, oh, Reimer went down and then and then like, okay, yeah, I didn't really think anything of it. And then we go to the women's game. And remember, David Ayers worked at the Madden Me Athletic Center,
0: Oh, right? I'm very well aware. Yes, yes. So very I'm just well
2: aware. watching the game and then I just hear people saying, oh, did you see the news about David? It's like, this is about Dave. And it's like, what? And then people were just saying stuff. And I made a joke, I remember, to, like, one of the workers when I was uh, at, like, the open desk. I'm like, oh, it's because they're, like, oh, they're not getting any shots. Like, the Leafs are actually, like, losing this. And then I said, oh, it's because Jake Gardner knows the blueprint of the Aww. Leafs. I made a joke like that. No one laughed. I'm like, okay, whatever. But, yeah, I was uh, actually covering uh, a game. And I got to witness, I guess, a first-hand experience of His co-workers responding to what the heck was going on at the game.
1: You know what's funny? Dangle did a video with him, and he got more goals past David Aries than the Leafs did, which I thought was really, really funny. It
2: was (laughs) scripted, like the WWE.
0: Do you know what the worst part about all of it was, though? What? Is that he worked at Ryerson, and as we are in the journalism building, he just happened to be on the front cover of the next oh, issue of right the right Eye right Opener, right. and you know we're in the journalism building. This thing's plastered everywhere. It was all over campus. I couldn't get away from it. Did not Mike write that article? I don't. I don't know. I think it was Mike. Uh, I'll I'll ask him. Maybe he did.
1: Um. Well. Um. I'm excited to see. It. You know. Good for him. You know. The stuff no. in his kidneys and that is just such a. You mm-hmm. know. The story is fantastic, and you know he he. Hockey needs something like this. This is great for the game if you really think about it. Um,
2: I rewatched that Rod Brandemore post game speech so many times.
1: I love Rod. He's the. Rod the bud.
0: Especially him playing Frisbee at BMO Field.
1: (laughs) Absolute guy. It's a shame the Carolina can't win in the playoffs, but.
0: It's okay. He won it
2: for them. That's why, as the captain (laughs) of their Stanley Cup winning team
1: all right um you know, you know uh before we get to the leafs there's a few more things we got to talk about i want to a quick look around the league and standings but first there is a story that is um uh um, how do you describe it uh sensitive i guess is is the term a Panarin. i'm going to read you an nhl.com article here um from dan rosen Artemi Panarin is taking a leap of absence from the New York Rangers in response to a story being reported in Russia alleging he had a physical alteration, altercation sorry, with an 18 year old woman, Euriga Latvia, in t- 2011. Quote Artemi vehemently and unequivocally denies any and all allegations in this fabricated story. Uh, the Rangers said in this statement Monday, this is, a clear, this is clearly an intimidation tactic being used against him for being outspoken on recent political events. And Temi is obviously shaken and concerned and will take some time away from the team. The Rangers fully support our Temi and will work with him to identify the source of these unfounded allegations. Um, now, this is apparently from a guy named uh, Andre Nazarov. Who coached Sammy Terry Panarin when he was in the KHL playing for, and I'm not going to say this right, Vitsyev Podolsk. Indeed.
0: Sounds close yeah, enough.
1: Yeah, which is apparently when he claims the incident occurred. Um, now, you talk about like, political hit pieces. Panarin is obviously a supporter of Alexei Navalny, Navalny sorry, who is, of course, Vladimir Putin's opposition. Opposition.
0: opposition. Uh,
1: so. Um, We've not heard from the victim Um, now in in a scenario night like this You know, there's always the you know, you you want to believe people who claim that they've they've been but the problem here is um, There's no victim who's actually claiming anything there is um, uh, Apparently a lot of this, you know timelines don't add up and that and um I'm I'm being very careful here because I'm scared of russia (laughs) Um.
2: Yeah, I don't really want to comment. I'm like, I just hope. I don't know how to even like things go well.
1: Yeah, you hope that the situation is resolved and and that. It, only, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I in,
0: okay, do you want me to go?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm. I mean, this is There's typical, a window right
1: there, like, Alex. Be careful, I mean
0: this is (laughs) sorry it's very typical like this is this whatever's happening this is not a surprise it's just the past this is if you just look at what they've done in the past this is just typical but i'm concerned i'm extremely concerned for his family who's in russia yeah um you know what that what they've done in the past, not the family, the government has done in the past. Um, I, I'd i be very concerned and it makes a lot of sense that Panarin's taking a leave of absence, whatever that means. I doubt he's going back to Russia. Um, I mean, he could. I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't advise to go to Russia at the moment. But uh, I, I hope his family's safe and I hope he's safe. Obviously, I think that's the most important thing here.
1: Mm-hmm. all right um and we'll we'll leave it there um there there's much to come so before we finish off with the leafs today um i wanted to take a quick look around the league because we're at a weird sort of we're between a quarter of the way and halfway between the season of course a lot of Like the stars have played 13 games and we'll start with the central division and there are a lot of stories there including the fact that the stars are the second worst team yes they have five games in hand over the preds but they've lost six straight um of course like the likes of sagan are injured by the way shout out to him for apparently using his house as a shelter or something um Mm -hmm. which is awesome yeah um but the stars man the stars are not doing very well at all I the stars get... are not shining <laughs> yeah
0: that's a that's a great pun mm-hmm. um th- yeah that's unfortunate that uh they're doing that and I do think that has something to do with maybe you know missing important pieces
1: mm-hmm.
0: um obviously they're missing Bishop which yes his injuries but Dobin probably played more games in that playoff run oh,
1: 100%. than
0: like ever consecutively mm-hmm. right so that that takes a lot that especially like he's not young right he's around 33 34 yeah, 30 crore, yeah around there. um so he's not a young guy and for him to for it to just ramp up like that uh it, it is a lot and and To missing Tyler Sagan, yes, he was, I mean, he was extremely unlucky in the playoffs and it probably had a lot to do with he was injured, but he's still an important, extremely important piece to this team. And I mean, yeah, they're still, they have so many games in hand, like it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And obviously the reasons behind that are obvious, but I, I think I really think we'll see, hopefully this team will bounce back because I think they have the talent to do it, even without Sagan and Bishop.
1: You talk about the reason that, you know, yeah, COVID's kind of stricken them and you you can maybe imagine that some of the players are um, affected by that. Kadobin's not made like 50 saves the other day. Um, We're going to go quick here. So, um, Alex, you got the word there on the star. So, Daniel, I'm going to ask you to give me a thought on your team, the Chicago Blackhawks, who are currently – Third in the Central Division, like we all thought. Just kidding. Uh,
2: yeah, I I don't I don't know what is uh going on with Chicago, but I think that it's pretty funny of all the times we talk about this team has a future, but like the guys that are stepping up have been the guys that we never even mentioned in terms of a prospect pool. So like Pia Sutter or um, Yuri Khrushchev like these two guys that they both came out of the Swiss league they're both a bit older but they've been guys that helped carry these things as we we would always make the joke that Patrick Kane's going to play all four lines or Alex DeBrincat's going to play like 35 minutes a game but mm-hmm. they've managed to find balance and I'm going to get it I I um I am so sorry I forgot his name but the goalie right now that Oh, Lankinen. Lankinen. Yes, thank you. That That's the guy that was a bit of a dark horse to us as well that we never even mentioned in the preview as well because we kept thinking Colin D'Elia, Malcolm Subet, and then suddenly like he's one of those young guys too that's just kind of stepping up and, you know, giving Chicago a chance, which, you know, which is, you know, I thought they were going to battle for, you know, and this is still early, but I'm like, I thought they were going to be with the Red Wings going for, you know, the first overall pick.
1: What's interesting as well is um, like, they are there, but we should also keep in mind that Tampa Bay have four games in hand and are one point back. Yeah. Um, without Kucherov. It's so good. Um, and then I will ask for both your thoughts, and I'll start with you here, Alex. The Florida Panthers are 12-3 and 2. They're 7-3 and 0 in their last 10 games. And um. It, it, who would have thought that it was Duclair, Wenberg and threatening to end Keith Yandle's Iron Ironman streak is what was going to kick the floor of the Panthers into gear that and Chris Drieger is actually a good goalie.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot has to be, a lot should be placed on the main guys of the team, obviously. And, and let's add Chris Drieger to that uh, because my God was that guy. Is that guy some, he's been something else for this team, um, and they're still paying Sergei Bobrovsky $10 million, which, mind-boggling. Um, but I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised because I think in, I had them in making the playoffs. I think I had them with the last team um, in that division. Obviously, they made some really, I thought, significant additions, obviously, adding Duclair, uh, Wenberg, um, Marcus Nudivar. I thought they're really good additions for the team, I know losing Hoffman and Dadanov is big. But I did not expect them to be first in the division a quarter of the way through the season. So that is is a really big surprise to me. And I mean, we'll see what happens. That, that Sergei Bobrovsky contract is an absolute killer.
1: And you know what, Daniel? Talk about the main guys. Uh, Jonathan Hubert. Oh, boy, he's good. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I agree that a lot of the guys we've mentioned that we already know that they were going to be coming into their own. They're going to be the focal points on it. But is it, remember, we, we talked about a lot of the question marks we had with those players you have mentioned, like Duclair, Wendberg, where Were they going to really fit? Where Are they going to live up to maybe like an increased role based on what they had previously? Or, you know, with Duclair, that, you know, bet on yourself kind of kind of contract where you know he came in and he was able to stay in the top six which is great and a big thing that I've mentioned before this was my bounce back guy has been Aaron Ekblad that how steady he's been that how he's really kind of you know up the ante on the game that we knew he always had It's just he just needed more time to blossom
1: Defensemen, man they they take a little while Um, now we go to the east division Oh, man. Okay, I'll. I'm going to start with the East Division. It's something else. Um, Alex, it's only a matter of time till Jack Eichel requests a trade from the Buffalo Sabres because they are again six, eight, and two. Um, don't ask me how many goals they've allowed because it's a lot, and um, they um, they're not good. They're, I know they they go on about um, the amount of posts they've hit, but I mean Eichel hasn't been good. Well, he's been good, but he hasn't been Jack Eichel. And Rass is just a line that apparently has been hit. Like he hit this team was hit very hard when it came to symptoms in COVID. After them in New Jersey, just sort of went off the side of a cliff.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, I mean, Jeff Skinner's getting scratched. too. I think last night was his second game in a row. Taylor Hall has like a goal. It's it's bad, bad. Like I. I don't know if who's who to blame. Like it's everybody. I don't know anymore. Like is it Kevin Adams? Is it Ralph Kruger? Like, I don't know who to, I don't know what even to say about this team other than it is bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel, the Pittsburgh Penguins did not have a great start to the season. They're all of a sudden two and four in their last few games. Uh, they've won three straight. They're third in the division right now. Only two points back in the caps with a dream in hand. Oh, Sidney Crosby and Brian Burke most importantly are starting to turn that team around.
2: Yeah, I'm kinda of excited about that. That, you know, I've always kind of had a soft spot for the Penguins and I knew they were gonna bounce back <clears throat> with the talent they have. I know that we kinda of talk about, you know, guys are getting older. Um you know, the depth is that we're not really sure where that's kind of going, but they, they figured it out. And um, I think in terms of the goaltending, I really thought that they were going to ride Tristan Jari like crazy. But Casey, the Smith's been a surprising uh, factor in there too, where it's it's been pretty steady with the Penguins. And in terms of like a weakness kind of thing, um, I think they've kind of solved that. You know, they are not playing the top two lines as heavy as they used to. And they're kind of trusting the guys in the bottom six again. Like I think Jared McCann has been someone that's been, you know, a subtle bounce back to it, that he's been able to be consistent. And we we, we kind of have an idea now of like what he really is. And that's like that talented like third line center.
1: Um, by the way, something I forgot to mention with the Panthers, because you remind me with the Penguins. Patrick Hornquist has been really, really good for the yeah. um, for the Panthers. I mean, you talk about just go over the net, good things happen. That's Patrick Hornquist in a nutshell. And we'll look at the top of the division, and it's it's the Boston Bruins. It's Boston. We're all really, wrong. They're really well, good. for now. I, man, Craig Smith. Well, what, can, what can I tell you?
2: He, do, he has an effect on his play.
1: He does, man. No, who needs Daniel Char when you got Craig Smith at the front? I'm telling you, man, he's good. I'm going to look up his numbers. <sighs> I'll,
0: I'll, I'll never understand. Boston.
1: Craig Smith has 7 points in 15 games. There you go. Basically, uh, 0.5 points per game. He's doing well. David
2: Pasternak, 9 goals in 9 games.
1: God, he's stupid good. He's been on an incredible scoring pace, David Pasternak. You know he's
0: been really good?
1: Yeah?
2: Who? I'm sad he's not on Anaheim anymore. Nick Ritchie.
0: Has he? Has he been? uh, Oh, that's good.
2: 13 points in 16 games. Really? Yes. I mean, like... In his defensive zone, he's still kind of, you know, you kind of have to back check a bit faster, Nick, out there. But, you know, he's that big body guy where, you know, he finds that balance of the typical Boston guy. Like, it's what they hoped for in David Backus and um, what's his name again? Leafs great Jimmy Hayes. (laughs) That um, They had those two guys and, you know, they were the big body guys that could hit, but they were a bit slower. But, you know, the scoring kind of evaporated there. So, you know, Boston finally hit on that one. I mean, they also have Charlie Coyle, but, you know, he's been a bit more dynamic than a Nick Ritchie.
1: Yeah. Um, the North Division, we're going to focus on one team and one team only here because we've talked to death about them all year. Everyone has. Um, it's not the Canucks. It's not the Sens, it's not the Leafs, not the Habs, not the Oilers, not even the Jets.
2: Not the Nordiques. No.
1: Who? God damn it, Daniel.
0: <laughs> um... <laughs> you got him. You got him.
1: What are the Calgary Flames?
0: A mess?
2: It's That's not funny g- when you're like, what are we?
0: Is that a good way to describe them?
1: I don't know. Because, like, the goaltending, it's oh nine for both Riddich and Markstrom, which isn't terrible for, for the North Division. That's sensational. Yeah. Um, but it's just, like, what, what, what do you do? Because you can't burn it down anymore. Because you, you have really to deal much. with Markstrom and Tanev's deals. Like you can't. I mean, what are they gonna? Are the Hannafin trade rumors gonna start again? Like what? You, Probably. Like, what are you gonna do here? I feel bad for Noah. Well, yeah, same. He's just—he's so good. Like, he's just a solid top forty. So solid.
0: You make a good point. You can't tear it down. But. Teams, like, multiple teams, I guess, have done this in the past. You can partially retool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a retool for them. Right. That's, that's the issue here is how many times are we going to have this discussion before they actually do it?
1: I don't know. It, it, it's like, uh, uh, you're, how much do you really get better? Like, first of all, if you're trading the, the big guys, I'll do Monahan. I don't want to get rid of Johnny Goudreau. It's like, you, you don't find players like that. Like, he's so important. You're not trading a chocolate. You don't do no. that. But then it's just like you still have the Luchich deal. Do you remember that? Um, I just, I just don't know what Calgary are doing. I don't know what they are. I mean, they could. They're still in a good spot. It helps when Montreal have lost four games out of sight of 60 minutes, even though they've. Yours has been that whole mess. But like they're not done. Obviously, they're not. They're not like at the level of the Canucks or the Sens. But I just I don't know what what's up with Calgary, and I just want them to get it together because they've got great fans. I love their jerseys. Uh,
0: I think the question that needs to be answered, and I mean, I guess it will be answered, is is the is the answer in the room? And I know we say this time and time again. But, <clears throat> sorry, I think this year it's a little bit different with Calgary because they, I, I'd argue that they added the pieces that they needed to added. They needed goaltending, right? They, they, david Their trust in david, david Riddick seemed to be falling and they added the best goaltender on the open market mm. in Jacob Markstrom. They added. They lost Brody and Hamannik, and then they brought in Chris Tanev, and they're expecting their younger guys to take a take a step up. And from what I've seen, I've seen great glimpses of these defensemen taking steps. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like I feel like the answer is in that room. So at that point, I don't know what you do with this team. No.
1: Daniel, we will give them credit. They did sort of get a win they didn't deserve against the Leafs. But you know, you take the, you can't get mad at a team for winning a game. Mm-hmm. I, hate, I hate when people do that. Um, I I really really do. Seriously, I, I I know I'm going off, but I can't stand when people. Oh, Sorry, no! I just I just
2: noticed the glove.
1: <laughs> it's a pink sock.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, that's like a my,
1: I have my laundry basket next. Oh. to me. Sorry, just the
2: beginning okay. of this episode. It was like a. I didn't notice know, that. Okay. I
1: I get really like I have to play with that.
2: I know you get fidgety. I can't.
1: I I it's terrible. I know, but I I can't help yeah. it. Up.
2: But you know us is fidgety. The core of the flames.
1: I mean, man, you know what? They're playing the Leafs again tonight, Daniel. They could use last game as a as a sort of benchmark. What you benchmark sure. A, a diving board into the rest of their season where you know they 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 can they can build. I mean, it's What else can you say about the Flames, Daniel?
2: I think I'm just super critical of their core because like, I think excellent off-season, what they were able to do. When you talk about the retooling, you talk about adding to the core, but just for me, I just don't trust this quote-unquote core that they can get things done. Like, I... I think I was a huge supporter when, you know, they were listening in on Sean Monahan on Johnny Goudreau. Was like, maybe that's what you really need for this team is that you need to have a culture shock in the locker room. You have to get rid of, like, maybe one of these guys that you realize that these are not a, this is not a pillar of success. That, again, we've used the Phil Kessel example, like, over and over again. Like, you know, he's an excellent star, but he's not the guy you're going to build your success on.
1: Yeah. Um, you know what? They just, I like Monahan so much. It's just, they just, they need something else there. And I think there's been a criticism. I feel like Friedman may have mentioned on third one thoughts. They're not playing for each other right now. I mean, Kachuk is your leader. And like, I just think back to that Muzzin Puck. I don't care if, if they didn't see it. I mean, like you got him. You have to go for your guy there. I mean, he is the cornerstone of that team. I, you got to be behind him and you know what he can he can give you that identity and you know what otherwise i don't know and I, you know what i'm not I, I don't believe in jeff ward i just no. don't i don't, i don't believe in him i, I really I, I think he he is the reason they lost to dallas hit, hit, that weird pull situation with with riddick i thought he was going to put him back in like pretending like this is junior and you can do that i thought that was a terrible decision like one, one of the worst coaching decisions in the bubble, in my opinion. Almost as bad as Pittsburgh not starting uh Tristan Jari against the Canadians.
0: Yeah. No, you you, you make a good point. I I don't know if I trust Jeff Jeff Ford either. I think he was put in a man, he was put in an extremely weird situation last year. And yeah. and it started with TJ Brody when he um when he collapsed on the ice, and uh, and and thankfully he came back, but that's definitely concerning. Like, I, I can't imagine the locker room was wasn't fragile at that point. Um, and then the whole then then Bill Peters the Bill Peters incident, which doesn't help. Like, obviously wasn't a great incident. And then you throw Jeff Ward in that room, who with no prior NHL coaching experience. Mm-hmm and it's a, already an extremely fragile room. The one thing I feel like really didn't get talked about and I I don't know if I brought it up on the podcast but I for sure brought it up either in a group chat or a call when you call a player only meeting six games into a season I know it's a shortened season but six games into a season that wasn't a that wasn't a great look for me. At least that was kind of concerning. Um, and I, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say, well, I you know I knew from the beginning that they were gonna play like play like this. No, I, I I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, but that was a that was a red flag for sure. That that was a hundred percent a red flag.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. All right, we'll finish off here, and I did this very much on purpose. The West Division. Hey Daniel. Yes. So if my memory serves me, yeah, you, you had Vegas making it. Yeah. Good decision. You had Colorado making it. Yeah. Good decision. Hmm. Um. You had the blue. Oh no, you you didn't have the Blues making it, did you? No, I did not. And you, you you did have was it the Ducks? Yeah. Okay. So. And the Wild. And the Wild. Okay. Which you
2: know that's still a possibility.
1: Do you know what? I'll oh, I will say this. I had Colorado. I had Vegas. And I had the Blues. I did have the Sharks fourth.
0: Yeah. So. I.
1: um Which you know, but but. Would you like to say something about the Ducks, who are currently in last place, have lost four games, and the St. Louis Blues, who are currently second in the division? <laughs>
2: Honestly, I think my breaking point was when they lost a three-goal lead against the Coyotes, which was last game. They lost 4-3 in regulation. <laughs> and I don't know. Like, is it an accountability thing? Um, you know, the – the. It's funny is that the headlines you saw coming out of this is – you know, they, they, they lost the lead, you know I mean? Like that was from Twitter, but the headlines from this was great start for Trevor Zegers, but it's going to be even greater as you know, the season progresses. And, you know, at least you take the positives out of this, but honestly, I think that it's weird to me, you know, I, I don't believe that there's this idea of meant to happen kind of things in the NHL, but maybe we saw a glimpse of, this is what you should be doing and not what you're showing on the ice right now, mm-hmm. because, you know, this is in the wake of Adam Henrique getting waved. This is the criticism they're getting, like, Jakob Silverberg, you know, Hampus Lindholm, Cam Fowler. What are you guys doing? Um, I I don't know. It's when we talk about Claude Julien, we talk about Mark Bergevin. Like, I have to think about Bob Murray, where he's been there for so long and – he has been able to produce, you know, great teams, but at the same time, like when is it at the point where it's like, you need a new start because like Bob has been really adamant of like having that veteran prospect balance there, but it doesn't work if, you know, your older guys are no longer like, you know, great mentors, but they're not the star guys you had before. And I just don't know where things are going to go because I'm really scared John Gibson's going to get traded or something when, like, the full rebuild happens. And I know that, you know, that might be an inevitable thing because, you know, he's getting a pretty good contract.
1: You know what doesn't help when you're trying to do a mix of vets and prospects? Maybe when you don't play your best prospect, who is clearly NHL ready.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nick Um, DeLore, I know that, you know, you have a soft spot for him too, Adam, as a a former Hab. But when I see him and David Backus get minutes... On that fourth line, still or Derek Grant. It's just, I I don't know. Hey,
1: he kept coming back. You have some re- damn respect for Derek Grant. <laughs> um, what's interesting? What's interesting here, Alex, is is very interesting. If you look at the Wild, and then you look at the Blues, and between them are the Yotes, the Kings, and the Avalanche. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche have a few, a few games in hand here, but the point difference is how in between the wild and the blues is only four points it's and and by the way the kings of all out of nowhere won five straight games and no one's going to give him credit dowdy's turning it back on and it's kind I mean, of funny to watch
0: i mean even jonathan quick doesn't look horrible and that's that's a lot that that takes a lot for me to say because <laughs> mm-hmm. i've been pretty down on jonathan quick yeah, a lot to uh, do. uh, be, <laughs> right Um, yeah, like there, there's not a big gap and, and, you know, looking at Minnesota, they have four games in hand on St. Louis They're, They have two games in hand on LA and three games in hand on Arizona. Like they could easily climb this table of the, the division table if they wanted to with a couple of, with a couple of wins, which, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, do they do it? That's a separate question. <laughs> Obviously, it's a tight. It's going to be a tight division. Like I, I think as the season progresses, Vegas, St. Louis, and Colorado are going to space themselves out. But that fourth spot is pretty much up for grabs,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I mean, right now it's L.A. Next week it could be Minnesota, and. I mean, it could be Arizona at some point. I mean, sorry, Daniel. I, I think Anaheim is just <laughs> yeah, fully, out, fully out of this. Gone. I don't know about San Jose just because they don't have Eric Carlson, who's again out week to week, which is so unfortunate. I thought this would have been a perfect season for him to bounce back. He had almost a full year to recover, and he gets injured. There, It's going to be an interesting run for that fourth spot. Can I tell you a stat yes, about you the can. Sharks?
2: Remember that when nuts. they tried to have that tandem tandem with uh Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik? Yeah. You know, two former World Junior guys. Yes, yes. Um Devin Dubnik's had six no, he's played seven games with four starts. He doesn't have a win yet.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Seven games with four starts?
2: Yeah, because he came into relief like
1: three times? Three
2: times, yeah. And he doesn't have a win.
1: He's been put into relief three times.
2: Yeah. Because, oh, like, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with their goaltending. That's actually like, probably one of the most expensive goaltending right now, too. Well, actually, no, no, not really, because uh, Minnesota took 50% back of Dubnik.
1: How do you go into relief that many times already? Oh, my God. Yeah. The Sharks are so bad. The
2: Sharks are in a bad position.
1: Yeah, they're bad. Um, I'll tell you who's not bad. I'll tell you who's a really good goaltender. Marc Andre Fleury has stolen the nip. The oh,
2: nip I love that you said it. Yes. I'll
1: give it to you.
0: He he pulled the sword out from behind him and he stabbed it, stabbed it in Robin Leonard. Oh no. Figuratively. Figuratively. <laughs> just to
2: be clear. I don't I'm loving it. Like Fleury comes back with the flashy pads and he's just playing great. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Like a lot of people are like have been doubting me about Marc-Andre Fleury since 2012, not knowing that, you know, I've, I've gone through the, the bad Pittsburgh years. The World Junior collapses. I know this Flurry. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Right. Oh, hello. Oh, oh no. What happened? Okay. Are we good?
2: We are good. Yeah.
1: I got scary for a second there. Okay.
2: Wow. About Flurry's play? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. May 11th, 2018. Daniel, what happened that day? May 11th, 2018.
2: Hold on, I have to get to the doc. No, nope,
1: don't look it up. Don't look <laughs> it up. May 11,
2: 2018? Yep. What happened? Um just waiting for my uh No, don't acceptance. look it up. Just I'm not, wait, I'm not I'm not. Like, I'm, I'm thinking oh. about it. I was waiting into my acceptance for Ryerson. So it would be a actually no, I was already accepted. I was just waiting to join
0: Ryerson
2: oh in
1: the fall.
0: F- that's yeah, that's a good show.
1: May
0: 11, um, 2018. Okay, so it was the playoffs. Right? Is it hockey-related?
1: For some teams, yeah.
0: <laughs> for some teams. I, I don't know. I feel like it's blatantly obvious. and The Leafs realized s- they needed John Tavares. Damn stupid.
1: Well, not, that would have happened a few months earlier, Daniel, because that yeah. was in July. May 11, 2018 is the day that Kyle Dubas was named general manager from Maple
0: Leafs. Wow. Okay. Wow, well, I didn't realize that.
1: November twentieth, two 2019, what happened?
0: I think someone got fired or something. Mm-hmm. Is that what happened? Someone got fired by the name of Mike Babcock?
1: That was the day that Mike Babcock got fired. So After let's
2: just... the uh, Nick Pettin paradigm shift.
0: After Marc-Andre Fleury saved, <laughs> made the yeah. save.
1: So let's just do some quick math here. So May okay. to June, July, August, September, October, November, plus the additional year.
0: Yeah. So, 18 months.
1: So, Mike Babcock claims. (laughs) Quick
0: maths.
1: (laughs) That apparently the moment that Dubis was hired, that Lou left and he knew he was going to get fired. Which, guess what? He's probably not wrong. We all knew it was going to fan. The
0: entire fan base knew it. Even Steve Simmons knew it.
1: So tonight, there's actually his foot <laughs> with Christine Simpson on um, the big screen, which has been so great. All her big screen. She's so good at her job. I want mm. more Christine Simpson content all the time. She's fantastic. Um, it, there's been a clip that's come out as a little little teaser where he's talked. He, yeah, he said the, the, the moment Lou left, I knew it was going. And he basically makes it sound like the moment, that was it. He had an additional 18 months. He lasted playing Matthews 15 minutes in that last game seven. He's, which by the way, does not look great on Kyle. Like he should have been fired then he was given that much runway. He, we haven't mentioned this because why would we? he's going back to coach. the what's it, the university of um,
0: Saskatchewan
1: where he, I think he coached back in the day and he'll be helping them. Look Isn't he
0: from Saskatchewan?
1: Probably and, and apparently he will be, he'll be the coach this year And he'll help them look for a replacement This is all part of the, the Babcock Media tour to come back And we'll, t- we'll talk about the Full interview again on Sunday But I just uh, He's such a piece of Fish just a, You know he's just, he's just a piece of fish what? It's again, just,
0: He's becoming Very slimy
1: He's just, you know, he's like a fish that they've brought out. Like they haven't taken the gills off of it. But like it's like uh, when he got fired, he's like, let's say he's a salmon. And what he should be by the end of it, of this sort of time is he should show that he's grown, that he's he's developed, and he should look like a filleted salmon after Gordon Ramsay gets his hands on it. Instead he's just sort of festered in like a broken fridge. And it's like he smells, it's it's gone it's going green, it's has he has he changed no he hasn't he's just what's, what's happening here what? he's
0: making it worse for himself he he's is. making it worse
1: he's just I, a dirty fish now
2: I have a positive out of this
0: the, what we, we all knew he, he it, we realized no we <laughs> <laughs> no so we,
2: this, is, this is the positive he knows what right. brand of hockey he brings and he knows himself so he's just confident to never change
0: there was, uh, there was a clip of Jeff O'Neill and I, I, I when it comes to the Leafs, I, I, I do, he, I've, I have a complicated relationship when it comes to leaf stuff with Jeff O'Neill. Cause I don't obviously agree with everything he says, but I do respect his opinion a lot. Mm-hmm. And like, he was like, he was going in on Babcock and I've never, I, I've, I've never seen that. I've never seen Jeff like I when he got fired. It was the right thing to do, et cetera, et cetera. But the I've never seen Jeff O'Neill like that. I don't remember. I I'll try to find it uh after I'm done. I'm surprised about that. He, he, yeah,
1: he what about like this guy's used to everyone like treating him like like worshiping yeah. the ground he walks on. you like I'm Team K. I'm like Babcock, right?
0: I, I'll I'll try to find it, and I can play it at least um
2: i also find it surprising that you said you disagreed with jeff o'neill because i always kind of so, thought based on this template of this show you associated yourself more with jeff o'neill oh i hundred percent do the the, the the overdrive example
0: i a hundred percent do okay i just disagree with on yeah. some of the things but i i oh, oh man i respect that guy so much um
1: i found uh, the clip by the way
0: okay Uh, I think you can, if you want, you can share your screen just uh, once I'm done. Um, I'm not a big fan of what he's doing. I'm really not. Like, I think he's playing. I feel like he's trying to play the victim card here, whether he actually is or isn't. You have to be aware of what you're doing, whether you whether that's what you're trying to do or not you have to know that it's quite clear to everyone that it's, you're trying to play the victim card here. And we talked about it in the LeBron article. I wasn't the biggest fan of the LeBron article. I thought the way it was written, it may, and it could have been the quotes that Babcock, that he used of Babcock. I'm sorry, but he sounded like the, he was making himself out to be the victim of this situation where, yes, I think there were a lot of Leaf fans and hockey fans who absolutely dumped on him, and I think, did some people go too far? Probably, but that's the case with every single situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But so, the important, sorry, 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 yeah, sorry. The, just the important thing is you have to learn what you did wrong. Like I feel like he hasn't figured out that. I think he's he needs to figure out that you can't be that stubborn. And we talked about in Montreal with Dominic Ducharme. He's willing to change. We talk about it with Sheldon Keefe. He's willing to change his lines. He's willing to change how they play a little bit. The the concept is the same, but the idea can change. And the way he treats his players should be different. Sorry, I'm done.
1: Okay. Um well no, you're completely right. So this is Jeff O'Neill on Overdrive yesterday with his great Hartford Whaler stuff. Kaliakovo was on there as well. Um and Twitter Twitter user Hallford Norris got it. So, if you
0: if you look at uh, Ka face, that's what said it all to me.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Let me know if you hear it. Be a hall of fame coach dude here's Man. what it is
0: brian i gotta tell you right now this guy's used to walking around and everyone kissing his ass because he's mike babcock and he's the coach of team canada and he's smarter than everyone else what's going on now is he's having a difficult time with people not seeing his greatness as people calling him out for being a jerk and a, and a, and a bad a coach and a bad guy. Right. And he can't oh. deal with people not kissing his ass and the respect he used to get. And the way he treated everyone prior is just not happening anymore because no one's going to let it. And he's having a tough time dealing with that. Yep. That's where it's at right now. Right.
1: What was key there is you talked with Kali Akvel. I call him a bully. Yeah. it's And there was... There's a certain way people talk when they're on TV or radio, right? And it, it, it's almost kind of like a, I don't want to call it a shield, but it's its like a thing of armor, right? And for a second there, that was Jeff Neal himself. That wasn't O-Dog, as we'd say. That was Jeff O'Neill, like, at his core, yeah. is how I took that, too. Like Babcock, Um Probably shouldn't coach in this league. Um, his his time's done. Um, but we'll stick on the, the Leafs. Okay. Sorry. Anything You're else? You're
0: still sharing, sharing your screen.
1: Oh well. I, stopped, <laughs> like, I, the, yeah, I stopped it. I yeah. stopped it. It's all good. <laughs> I stopped
0: it. Um, the, uh, yeah. No, I don't. I'm not a big fan of him doing the media media escapade or whatever it's called. The media tour. The media tour, sure. Especially the way it's being done. I think if you go on and say this is how I've changed, I think there's been articles written in in past instances about guys who have had issues and have come back and realized they've changed and then gone on media tours and talked about how they've changed. But I feel like we're at this point with Mike Babcock where I'm willing to let him change. It's not that. Let me be clear, because we've had discussions in the past I'm willing if he's ch- if he's willing to change and accept what he did wrong. Come on back, man! Like mm-hmm. clearly he's a respected coach, but he's not doing that. It's just pr- media for fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Likes the sound of his own voice, to be honest. Um, by the way, sir, I'm I'm gonna screen share one more time because there's something I just I, I got on Twitter when I was fixing everything and I just saw this. Um. Okay. <laughs> For those of you who don't quite oh. that, sports <laughs> so, so, so the picture of Elliot Friedman in a Pittsburgh Penguins uniform because Mark Friedman was claimed by the Penguins. And Brian Burke just quote tweeted this picture and said, we made sure Mark wasn't even re- remotely related to Friedman before submitting the claim. Oh, so, that's too good. you love this.
2: I like the... Um... Jeff Merrick was like, "Well, it was fun doing the podcast with you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh
1: God, his Twitter DMs must be great oh. right now. All right, um, we'll finish off the Leafs. Yeah, you know, they they're probably looking to get that win back that they lost and rightfully deserved against the Flames. Um, listen, Morgan Riley, you, you know me. I don't hate analytics. I don't want to be that guy. Um, but I look at them when when they're important. And, you know, I know the type of defense in Morgan, Morgan Riley is. And there's a reason that he starts 66% of his his play, his, his shifts. His starts are all in the offensive zone. There's a reason for that, Alex. And we've all really, we know what Morgan Riley is.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, the thing with Morgan Riley is you're right. We all knew what he is. He's more offense than he is defense. And that's why you need a partner who is defensively responsible. Hence why Cody CC was an absolute disaster. Why Tyson Berry in the wrong situation was a mess. Why? And that's why Ron Hainsey worked out really well. And why it looks like at times TJ Brody works well, but with Morgan Riley recently, I don't know what's got, what's up but he has not looked good like even in his own zone i expect him to be not the greatest but it's been less than usual and i'm not a big fan of it but but i don't i i hate going on twitter and reading all these smart people smart people who <laughs> pretend like um Oh, you know, I knew from the beginning. Yeah, I knew from the beginning too. But don't sit here and pretend like you said he was the next straight gardener. No, he's not. I'm sorry. No. Like maybe he off bet. Like it's mind boggling to me. We're sitting here pretending like he's been, I don't know, like he's been god awful from the beginning, where he hasn't been god awful. He's been okay. Mm -hmm. defensively but i'm tired of hearing the people who think they're the every mr know-it-all who sits there and says yeah you know i've been saying they should have traded morgan riley from the beginning really let me scroll through your twitter i guarantee you that's not the case
1: you know it's what's funny here is i was going through i don't listen to the staffing graph i didn't even know that ian had left and it's like mike stevens now
2: what i didn't know that either
1: yeah i know right and all of a sudden i saw well anyway and and apparently i saw rachel dory go like apparently he was trying to trade riley I'm like you know there's a point in the game now daniel that you know it's 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 you don't need to be amazing at defense to play in this league if you have tj brody i mean there is a reason that morgan riley is such a coveted asset and why or player i hate using i hate using the word asset for players i'm very sorry about that um but shut up people. like he's on the fantastic you know for toronto who, who love to complain about the deals of the big guys right i don't know why at the same time no one gives any more credit to riley about how nice that contract is and he is well above the value of that deal as well
2: yeah like i think that he still plays an excellent game you know it's not like when you go out there and you see him that you know it's just like four forwards that he knows how to play the two-way game. We know that he's not, like, you know, the traditional defensive guy. But again, what you said with the modern NHL, that's way, the way the things are going. But Riley's still a responsible guy. You know, he's going to have the, you know, he's gonna, like, like any player, he's going to be the ups and downs of thing. And again, what you said with that contract, like, I think one thing is the cap hit that he agreed on when he signed it. And second, he signed you know, a fairly long-term deal when, you know, the Leafs were not in the best shape mm-hmm. that he's seen, he's seen it all. And he's been the, one of their most steady guys. So I, I understand the hate with things. Um I think putting things in the context, like, yeah, we love, we love Jake Gardner when he was here. Um But again, like not, not the same comparable.
0: No, I... sorry. Can I, can I go? Yeah. This recently, I'm not a big fan of Morgan Riley's. Him reading the play at the right time, that and and the pinches, and I don't. I think that's just him right now. I think he'll get out of this. Like, there's been times where he, sorry, you should have passed the toss and Matthews not taking the shot. Um, especially considering the way Matthews has been shooting lately. Has he? I've seen him pinch where I'm not necessarily a big fan of him pinching. But these are things you can weed out of your game, and it's not like the, he's pinched a lot in the past. Uh, and I think it's the it's been the downfall because he hasn't had a defensively responsible partner. But now you're now the way the Leafs are playing, you can't pinch that much because what Sheldon Keefe has brought in is a more defensive. More defensive focused game than they're used to. It's not purely defensive, but compared to the Leafs of the past and the players that they have, it's more defensive.
1: Um, anything else you want to touch on at all before we go, lads?
2: They're going to bounce back tonight.
1: I don't even think it's a matter of bouncing back. I was just, a game. they didn't yeah. play badly.
2: Yeah, it was just one player. Will Joel
0: Wall make his debut in the well, coming wait, wait, Hold
1: on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. What do you mean one player?
0: Don't worry about it. It's okay.
1: That wasn't on Hutch.
2: I know. I know. I just want to know, like, because, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know the French uh, guy.
0: Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hutchinson is starting tonight. Yeah.
1: Goalie advocate Adam is going to say, you have no right to blame a defense, a, um, a goalie when your team doesn't score a goal. That's not good. I, I don't play. I think the what was the no, I I I'm gonna stand up for Hutch here. I mean, you say he's starting tonight, eh?
0: Yeah. Redemption. I hope so.
1: He'll prove everyone wrong. Um, sure. What is that everything, guys? Are we good?
0: I think so. All right.
1: Well, if you enjoyed this episode of the show, good. Um, if you care, keep your eyes out at three thirty when Dominic Ducharme and Claude Julien will apparently speak to the media. That will be fun besides um, that. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's everything for today. Check out the YouTube portion of the show, so you can see us all on video. You can see my pink sock and my Rubik's cube. And look at Daniel wearing a bad sweater from a bad school.
0: Oh.
1: I said it. Um, check out you know Alex's sweater from a good school.
0: You for- forgot one one thing.
1: I'm still going. Oh, okay. Yeah. Check out my YouTube channel for all your habs and needs. Check out the Julien video. All of uh Daniel, Seth, for the eye opener, and the hockey rash. Check out Alex's blog he, The voice ed is always being fantastic. Platform for the show, podcast at five stars. Follow us on Spotify or anywhere else that you may get your podcasts. And I think that's everything. <laughs>